Good morning and welcome to the Kim Jong Bui Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Cam Daig, and with me as always is my co-host Gabe. Gabe, happy Thanksgiving, brother. How you doing? Hey, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I'm doing well. Uh have enjoyed the time off with uh, friends and family, as I hope you all have too, and uh, excited to talk some football and uh, ready for our analysis to all be proven wrong in less than 24 hours. Less than 24, try like less than one hour. (laughs) That's what happened last week with the whole news of Joe Mixon right after we delivered the pod. True. I was like, man, I think he's coming back. I think he's going to be good. Boom, thrown on the IR. So that was dope. Uh, Just making me look... Um, okay, hold on. Before we get into it, though, Gabe, what is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Okay, this is an interesting one. Um, so Reina's family, they do a lot of casseroles. They do, like, broccoli cheese casserole. They do green bean casserole. And, uh, my family doesn't do much of that. Yeah. But I think if I had to pick one, we do more traditional, like, I guess maybe it's more Hispanic traditional, but we always had like rice and beans and other <laughs> things amongst the turkey and the ham. But yeah. if I had to pick one, uh, I think I'm just going mashed potatoes. Like it's hard to go wrong with yeah. just a bowl of mashed potatoes. Uh, like you can you can dip your turkey in it if it's dry. You can dip your turkey in it if it's good. Like a good mashed potato side is just hard to beat. Man, we went over to uh, Addie's brother's house for Thanksgiving, and we had a good time. There wasn't too many of us over there, but they were anticipating, like, way more people than showed up. Like, we were even talking about doing a mask mandate thing if you weren't eating, like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to trying to just be smart about everything. But it ends up there's only, like, 12 of us there, so we're like, eh, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> and we're all, like, immediate family for the most part. And so, but when they were preparing the food they were anticipating like over 25 people to be at this thing so they mm-hmm. had made like way more food and especially mashed potatoes they made uh they made 15 pounds of mashed potatoes oh for, my gosh <laughs> like over a pound per person of who was there and and i don't know like uh like i feel like you can't go wrong with mashed potatoes maybe it was cuz they just made so many but these were like the blandest mashed potatoes oh. i've ever eaten man and it was like you got to kind of look at each other make like, some butter in there i know i know like throw <laughs> some salt pepper whatever but uh i'm actually going for my favorite side i'm gonna go with gravy just because i feel like you can throw it on everything like every side there not the desserts i'm not some weirdo but like you can throw it on all the meats you can throw it on all the sides and you just like pile that bad boy on top of all the food you got and it's just mm, it's so good so good yeah well um not to get too sidetracked here but in my (laughs) mind gravy is more of like it's more of a condiment like i didn't even consider that as a side in my thanksgiving meal because like i it doesn't take up like a set portion of my plate does that make sense like it goes over everything so it's an interesting one is that what you're saying here Gabe? no i just i want to know what people have what people think about your favorite side and what okay. people think about mine okay at well, least ours combined you know we uh it's like oh, the podcast bro. it's just like the podcast <laughs> brother mashed potatoes and gravy let's go 
too oh, easy. Man. Skip Bayless, Nick Wright, we're in the house. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go on more to some fantasy football here. Gabe, hard to believe, but we have two regular season weeks left. Uh, and then it is playoff time. So including yeah. the games tomorrow, uh, this is the second to last regular season matchup that we have. Um, and like looking at the standings, things are going to come down to the wire. Uh, kind of looks like the top three have separated themselves out a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think the that, little asterisk means that y'all actually clinched a playoff spot already. Yeah, which we will get into here later. Um, but that middle of the pack, man, like we got some people that are going to be fighting for those last few playoff spots. Um, I think you're going to be in that crowd. So we should have a pretty exciting, uh, into the season here, which will be fun. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of go over that stuff a little bit. Uh, of course our trade deadline ended last week, so no more trades to announce. Um, but we will do our fantasy weekly report and recap and kind of look ahead to what's to come for the matchups um, tomorrow. So again, Saturday pod, we got a little bit more info um, and it it should be a good time. So let's go ahead and hop right into it here, Gabe, if you have nothing else. <clears throat> we'll go ahead and get started with the injuries. Unfortunately, I know we had talked last pod um, or last week about, hey, felt like the injuries were kind of uh diminishing a little bit there weren't any as big as big of injuries uh going on lately and then man like we just had some real bummers uh this past week of people that got injured um i'm gonna run through them real quick gabe if i miss any feel free to add on uh, but we got joe mixon uh like we talked about he did end up on the ir uh literally right after our pod ended last week um and then we've got Todd Gurley, which I think Gabe had, uh, or Camden had talked about um, on the Sleeper app. He had said he just traded for him, and then, of course, Todd Gurley gets hurt. So all's right in the world with Camden's team, but I know that was a bummer for him. Kalen Balage was ruled out this week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was kind of a surprise late addition to the injury report, and it looks like he's going to miss. Um, we've got Adam Thielen uh test positive for covid um and i do not believe he's going to have enough time to do the three days uh positive test or negative test that you have to get in order to be ready to play so i think he's out for this week christian mccaffrey has officially been ruled out for this week uh salvin ahmad uh, or ahmed for the running back for the dolphins ruled out for this week Tua is doubtful and then jk dobbins and mark ingram both tested positive for covid which that game has been pushed back all the way to Tuesday, but doesn't look like they'll be available to play, even if it does get played on Tuesday. Um, and then we got the two just like huge bummers. We had Rex Burkhead. Uh, he tore his ACL <clears throat> this past week. He's done for the season. And just really unfortunate for him, as this was a contract year, uh, he had he had performed admirably in that Patriots backfield. Um, I it's it's a mess from a fantasy perspective but from like real life football he was doing everything the patriots asked of him um and was just like really heading up that one-two punch with damian harris uh but now he's lost for the season so we'll have to see what that entails uh once the season ends and what his recovery looks like and then we had joe burrow 
the just nasty knee injury. Um, gets a defensive lineman that kind of went low as he was throwing the ball, and he just fell in an awkward way. Um, and if you watched it, you knew immediately that it was not good news. Um, he was carted off the field and ended up having um, x-rays and MRIs the next day. And it, it actually, uh, I believe he tore his ACL and his MCL, and there was um, more structural damage than they first had thought there would be. So Joe Burrow has a long road of recovery ahead of him. Uh, we can only hope that he will be ready in time for next NFL season, but he is definitely done for this season. Uh, an exciting rookie QB um, lost for the season. It just feels like we've had way too many um, big injuries this season for my liking. So yep. it's uh, been unfortunate. Did you have any that you wanted to add here, Gabe? Yeah, we can add. I mean, on the Joe Burrow one, um, it was like he had so much structural damage to his knee that he actually can't even have surgery until about mid-December because they need the swelling to go down because it's so um, torn up that the physicians need to be able to see what they're actually operating on. So um, it's very unlikely that he'll actually be ready for week one of mm. 2021, which is just it's so sad for somebody who had had uh, such a such a uh, um, just exciting rookie season, but um, he knows he'll be back. He seems to be in good spirits. Yeah. Um, and then just a couple others. We actually just got a notification about um, the Bills wide receiver, John Brown. He's actually going to be placed on IR with a high ankle sprain. Um, that's Oof. one of Cam's uh, depth pieces at receiver. But Man. I think that affects a couple of um, of weapons in that offense. Um, namely, I think Cole Beasley gets a bump up. Yeah, he's but really I think good. that Josh Allen... Um, is actually sneakily going to struggle a little bit because mm. John Brown like takes the takes the top off of a defense and you you could see that in the fantasy production in the games that um, Josh Allen and John Brown have been on the field together. Uh, Josh Allen has been noticeably better as far as fantasy production is concerned and as far as um, uh, NFL QB um, effectiveness is concerned. So um yeah john brown and then randall cobb who was also on the uh the, de the end of my bench as well he was actually um moved to ir as well so um we'll have to see because a lot of times those receivers that are on your bench um can come into play in the playoffs because uh the playoffs are so unpredictable and like someone like me who I, it's it's less in play for cam but uh for me um, if I need to hit a home run and this receiver has a great matchup, um, those are the kinds of decisions that you have to make in the playoffs that matter a little bit more. Um, the reason I say it matters less for Cam is because Cam has, I looked earlier, he has the wide receiver one and two on a per game basis, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, the wide receiver 12, Terry McLaurin, and the wide receiver 16, Chase Claypool. So it's very unlikely that he's uh, grasping at straws at receiver. But, um, yeah, uh, as far as injuries, I think that's everything that I've wanted to get into. And uh, we can move on to our next segment. Yeah. Um, on the flip side here, like more on a more positive note, we do have some 
key players that it looks like they're going to be able to return this week, uh, which is super exciting, I know, for a lot of the people who have been waiting on these players um, for a while, namely Austin Eckler. Um, so I don't know how much run he's necessarily going to get this week. Uh, he could be on like a snap basis, or he could just not play altogether. But it is super encouraging. I know he started practicing this week. He uh is it is it called designated for return from IR? I believe is what it's called. Yeah, that's like a the, it opens the twenty one day window in which they can now then be activated to the active roster. Yeah, so I I know he's got to be excited. I know the uh, Chargers have got to be excited, um, and so that'll be that'll be fun to get him back as well as uh, Chris Carson. We just got a notification right before this started that he is going to be. Uh, active this week he's been out the last few weeks for my team namely um, and he's just a big part of everything I do he's my main running back uh, everybody else is kind of a question mark uh, for me so I'm excited to have him back Raheem Mostert uh, kind of a similar deal of Austin Eckler uh, unknown how much uh, run he's going to get but he's designated for return he has been practicing as well um, and then DeAndre Swift who was lost to a concussion last week he will be returning this week um, to a new head coach and GM, actually. But for the exciting rookie, uh, DeAndre Swift, he was great before his concussion, like the previous two weeks. Um, and then it was just a little unfortunate that he uh, had that concussion pop up and miss last week. Um, but he's been great. He should return. No issues there. Uh, and I believe he'll step right into his starting role, depending on what the interim head coach wants to do there um real real quick yeah uh, just uh first thoughts on the lions firing matt patricia and the general manager bob quinn mm -hmm. you have a initial reaction oh uh i think it's great i think um it's going to be very great for all of the weapons for the lions not named adrian peterson um, okay so i think everybody's gonna kind of get a bump there especially deandre swift like it just felt like matt patricia just for whatever reason wanted this running back by committee um and deandre swift is clearly the best back that they have um and i think he's gonna get ridden to as far as they can go um but i think yeah. it's a, i think it's a good thing for them what about you yeah um i definitely especially after the thanksgiving game um i think i mean matt patricia's record was what like 13 and 30 as the head coach of the lions and before that jim caldwell had coached like three straight nine and seven seasons so yeah. um he didn't take the step that the lions organization had had wanted to and uh yeah, I do think, like you said, um, it's going to be interesting to see what coaching philosophies take uh, take over and what that does that what that does to the fantasy weapons um, long term. But at the end of the day, you have Matt Stafford, who's uh, a pretty good NFL quarterback, yeah. and he has some decent weapons. You could definitely equip him more, but I think if you can iron out that defense a little bit and like get him a couple more weapons. I think that that team could be a pretty enticing head coaching position, um, at least comparatively to the other uh, two that we've seen, namely the Falcons and the Texans. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think what the Texans have going for them is they have a franchise quarterback for the next 12 years, and those other two places yeah. don't. And that's always going to be enticing to a to a, a coaching position because right. that's, that's the number one position you're looking for. But I agree with you. I think that there are there are players in place for the Lions that give them an exciting future regardless of which position they go. Um, and that's really cool. Namely, like offensively, you know, DeAndre Swift, Kenny Galladay, Matthew Stafford, I mean, he still probably has, what, three, four years left of, of good quality football, I would assume. Yeah, so, yeah he's 32. That's what I, That was going to be my question was, um, like, what like what defines a franchise quarterback? Because I think Matthew Stafford, he's, I mean, he's proven that he has what it takes to compete yeah. at that level, at yeah. that position, but he's just, he's 32 years old. Absolutely. Matt Ryan's 35, and then Deshaun Watson is... Uh, what 26 26 yeah. yeah that that's namely what i was talking about i wasn't yeah saying Severs, not so a you were... franchise quarterback it was the it was the age you know not having yeah, to worry I... about it for the next 12 years so yeah yeah um but we so gabe we actually did just get a notification that uh i saw that officially austin <laughs> eckler has uh been activated by the chargers um so we should at the very least see him in a jersey this weekend on the sidelines so um i'm i'm not going to be saying how much i think he's gonna play because if i do the opposite will happen and everybody will be pissed at me so (laughs) i'm just gonna avoid that one (laughs) yeah this this week has been pretty um covid heavy as well there's been a number of positive tests uh yeah across the league uh, let's actually get into that real quick uh gabe namely like the steelers and ravens right yeah um so I, I I just saw that we got we got another notification that now James Connor is on the reserve COVID list. Um, I know the NFL has already pushed back the Steelers Ravens game to Tuesday. Uh, if I'm being quite honest with you, I don't see a great chance of that game being played. I think the NFL is going to have to pivot even more so. Um, I, is that what you're thinking as well, or do you have different thoughts? Okay, um, so for the league, how we're going to operate, if there is no news of a cancellation of Tuesday's Steelers-Ravens game before the games start tomorrow, then we will do like we did um, a few weeks ago, where if you start a Steelers or Ravens player you will message me or message in the group. I know a couple of you have already kind of done that. Um, who your backup player will be if that game is canceled. So I think last time we explained it, I think everybody kind of understands what's going on. Um, the only thing is, if we find out that this game is canceled before the game start tomorrow, then go ahead and make the switch in sleeper. I'm not going to... Like, if we find out tonight on saturday night that the game is going to be canceled you need to be a responsible fantasy owner and make that change yourself and not rely on me to just do the substitute for you um so that's how we're going to operate if there is no further news on that game before the game starts tomorrow then just go with the the substituting method um play your steelers and ravens players as you would uh, and then just text me who your substitute is going to be um now just a reminder if the Steelers and Ravens game does happen on Tuesday night then that's the player you're stuck with okay so 
if Big R plays Lamar Jackson on Tuesday night, but Lamar doesn't end up playing in that game because of his COVID test, well, that's Lamar. That's Big R's fault. Um, I'm not going to put in a substitute for Big R because the game was actually played and he should have made a responsible decision. Um, yeah, I would. I would suggest that. not playing Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram. James Conner, Jonathan Taylor, the players that have already tested positive for COVID, there is actually a 0% chance that they play. So even if the game is played, um, unless they decide that this is a false positive, but um, I'm pretty sure that the ones that I have mentioned already outside of maybe Jonathan Taylor, who was moved to reserve COVID list today, um, like have already been confirmed positive. So Gotcha. Yep, exactly right. So does that sound good to you, Gabe? All that made sense? That, yeah, no, that, that does sound good. And I think that's fair. Um, I don't know. Like, what's the latest you can call off the Tuesday game? I just, the NFL is in such a pickle because these teams have already had bye weeks and we're so late in the season that they're either going to have to, like, flex into the week before the Super Bowl between the Pro Bowl or they're going to have to move around, like, finesse some thursday into sunday and some sunday into thursday either way someone some team is getting the short end of the sticks so um yeah we'll have to monitor and uh see i'd rather see these teams play with their um second strings than have the game canceled just for the sake of the rest of the season but um yeah we'll have to see we'll have will and i'm glad i'm not in charge of making that decision (laughs) same um gabe do you have the sleeper app pulled up I do. Do you want to run through the uh, standings, the current standings that we have going on in our league for us? Okay. Yeah, I would love to. Give a little snapshot before we get into these recaps and matchups. See where everybody's at. So at the top with the most points for and having clinched a playoff spot and almost having clinched a bye in the first round, we have Garrett um, in second place. Uh, with the second most points for, we have Zach, who's also clinched a playoff spot. We have Cam in third, who has also clinched a playoff spot. And then Connolly and I um, in fourth and fifth with the same record. So the uh, Zach and Cam are both eight and three. Garrett's nine and two. And uh, Connolly and I are both six and five. Um, he scored almost 200 points more than I have, however. <laughs> And then we have, and I, I'm saying the points four because I think that that's the first tiebreaker. Yes, I think so. You're right. I think that it's pretty important because if I end up six and five, but there's three people ahead of me that are also six and five, I'm going to be the lowest, um, the lowest seated of those. Hmm. And then we have Bowie and Camden at five and six. Um, but in spots six and seven. So their record is five and six, but uh, Bowie's in sixth and Camden is in seventh. And uh, Bowie has scored 30 points more than Camden. Not much. Um, in total. That can easily Not, change. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Uh, unfortunately, Todd Gurley is injured because Camden traded for him, but uh, <laughs> we, we move on. Uh, Big R in eighth at four and seven. Ben in ninth at three and eight. And Daniel in tenth at one and ten. Yeah, so I think so, technically Ben and Daniel are the only two that cannot clinch a playoff spot. I do think it's still possible for Big R too. I think that's I think that's true. It's um, 
going to be heavily reliant on Connolly, myself, Bowie, and Camden. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that everyone is, else is still kind of in the hunt. I think um, the sixth spot between Bowie and Camden is definitely going to be the spot to watch. And also who gets to claim the bye, because I'm pretty sure that before this week, Cam, you were in second, so you had a bye week. And um, in most of the leagues that I've played in, that bye week is uh, is really crucial to actually eventually winning the championship. So um, both of those things are things that I would keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, and especially with just how competitive the league is, if you have to play in that first round of the playoffs, like you can always be beat. There, there's no team that's going to make the playoffs that just doesn't have a chance. You know, right. every single one of our teams are really competitive and that's kind of what makes it fun but tim patrick wide receiver one beware beware he's coming, he's coming bro he's coming for that upset beware um so with those standings in mind let's kind of get into our week 11 recap um gabe i'm gonna say the scores and then i'm gonna let you give your feedback on them just so we can yeah. kind of keep you here on the line Sounds i don't good. talk too much Sounds so good. Sounds good, brother. Uh, first matchup we're going to get into was me versus Big R. Uh, so I ended up taking this one 134 to 102. I did not bet on myself during our picks last week. I went with Big R. Um, and I actually don't remember who you went with, Gabe. Um, I'm pretty sure I went with Big R as well. Um, so we're it looked like to... a pretty juicy matchup on paper. And Juju had uh, reemerged, but he unfortunately went back to his old ways also your team um played very well so so yeah on on this game um i think the notable takeaways uh tyree kill uh touchdown in nine out of ten games um so good man he had 11 catches uh so that's the most he's had uh this season and like i said your receivers you have the wide receiver one and two the wide receiver 12 and the wide receiver 16 and like Daryl Henderson and uh, Damian Harris and Chris Carson are all serviceable. And mm-hmm. then Josh Allen, like like your team, assuming that nobody gets hurt, um, is set up with like a bunch of just you put them in there every week players and you don't have to play matchups like some of the other teams in our league. And so, um, yeah, that it'll be it'll be fun to watch this team and see how it goes in the playoffs. You also have Kenny Galladay, who could take the place of Chase Claypool, depending on Matt Stafford's thumb health and what the coaching staff, what direction the coaching staff decides to take the team, the new team. So, or the new coaching staff decides to take the the team. So, yeah. Um, on the other side, we have uh, Big R, who. Um, I don't know, his his IDP's kind of underperformed, which I thought was interesting. Jamal Adams only had three tackles on 71 defensive snaps. And uh, Darius Leonard, um, he's, I mean, I, I mean, he's probably the best linebacker in football. And he puts up fairly consistent IDP numbers. But, yeah, like we've said uh, a couple of times in this podcast, that's if you, if you just wanted consistent numbers... Um, that's not why you would take him so early in a in a league structure like this. You know, you would need a difference maker at that position to justify um, something like that. So, 
Um, we'll have to keep an eye on Darius Leonard going forward because I still think he's a very valuable asset in a dynasty with IDPs, but um, he hasn't been that difference maker um, that I think was expected by his average draft position. And then Juju, like what, he tripped over a flag or something, hurt his toe. Um, I don't I really remember. That. He like, he, like twisted he was his like, ankle stepping on the yeah. flag or something. Uh, yeah, he was showed up on the injury report, and uh, I don't really know what what he was doing. He was only four for nineteen at that point, but who knows? Maybe he was about to catch a ninety-yard touchdown. And then, um, anytime you're forced into flexing Greg Ward, that just that feels bad. So. Um, that's kind of my takeaways from that matchup. Do you have anything else that you wanted to say about it? The one thing I did want to mention was J.K. Dobbins looked really good. Um, mm-hmm. He finally, I know he got the touchdown, which was big, but like just even on his runs, he looked really good, and that's crucial for my team. I think Chris Carson will nail down like one of my spots, but everybody else is kind of hit and miss for me. You know, Daryl Henderson, he's in a committee. Damian Harris has the really good running game, but he's touchdown dependent if I want a good game out of him. So if J.K. Dobbins can kind of continue what he's done, and which kind of sucks because he's missing this week because of COVID, um, but if he can continue to come on strong here at the end, he could be kind of a an X factor for me at that RB2 position and really help solidify all of my team. Um, yeah. Z- uh, this was finally a good game out of Zeke. It was just unfortunate for Big R that like the rest of his team kind of underperformed uh, outside of Cooper Cup, uh, which that was a re- he had a ridiculous first half. He was well on his way to one of those like fifty point fantasy league or fantasy days. He played really well, uh, and then they kind of pivoted to the Robert Woods uh, in the second half. So not not that he had a bad game in any stretch, but. Uh, he definitely could have done way more damage than the 21 points he put up. So, um, the next matchup we have here uh, is was Camden versus Ben. Um, this one I think pretty much went the way we were thinking it would go. Uh, uh, Camden ends up winning 135 to Ben's uh, 100. You're welcome, Ben. I rounded up. Um, yeah, go ahead and give me your thoughts. Okay. Um, for Camden, uh, I thought he got some kind of instant gratification in Dallas Goddard. Um, Dallas Goddard led the Eagles in receiving against the Browns. Um, I think that's kind of an encouraging sign for someone that you traded for right at the deadline um, in hopes that they would turn into something at the tight end position, which is so desolate at times. Um, Devontae Parker, uh was also showed signs of life even in a difficult loss where Tua was benched. So he's the clear one there. He just needs I mean he was he was much more valuable with Ryan Fitzpatrick, yes. but I still think he holds value. This was a good game for him, however, and I don't want to gloss over that. Which Tua is out for um, this next they week. They are possible. So right. Tua is out for this next week. So who knows how long that injury is going to linger, but he could be an- another sneaky good play again. Yep. And uh Lastly, Chris Godwin, um, he's been pretty consistent, honestly, um, even in a Bucks offense that has so many weapons. Um, and even though Antonio Brown um, still kind of takes that possession receiver role at times, um, Chris Godwin is, is talented enough. And um, like maybe his ceiling is a little bit less, but he's one of the most consistent fantasy wide receivers 
um this year still so did you see the um, touchdown that he caught who chris godwin yeah so he, uh he, what was it if you remember, remember he my... did like an out route or something uh close mm-hmm. to, like in the red zone and he caught it but then he turned and there was like clear room in front of him and like he takes off and then there's like two defenders that are about to meet him at the goal line and he just like skies over him and oh, extends the ball. it was really cool especially like after the mike evans touchdown Wait, was this the game where yeah like tom brady's receivers did all the yeah yes. yeah yeah because mike evans yes like carried three people into the end zone and then chris godwin like jumped into the end zone from the five yard line i do i remember these uh bucks receivers are just incredible (laughs) i also hate that antonio brown is on the bucks because every time chris godwin catches the ball i think it's antonio brown and then vice versa (laughs) just because they have like a similar build i guess i can just read the back but (laughs) like every time i always get confused i'm like gosh dang it that's not not chris godwin it's confusing and it's hard with Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski at times too. Yes. Like a lot of the, a lot of their weapons, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, even like a lot of their weapons have similar body types. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, yeah, you don't even know where the ball. I don't think Tom Brady knows where the ball is going most of the time. Oh, All I know is he doesn't Tom enjoy throwing to the running back Tom because every bad, time, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he did. But I was just gonna say, every time he throws to the running back and they drop it. Like you can just you can see it in his eyes that he's furious. He's ready to kill someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, what were your thoughts on Ben's team? Oh yeah, um, let's get into it. So Matt Ryan, poor Matt Ryan, bro. Oh. He was sacked eight times and picked off twice. In our scoring format, that's minus twelve because he still threw for two hundred thirty yards, but uh yeah the minus 12 was just impossible to overcome he finished with almost negative three fantasy points negative 2.72 so that was uh that was unfortunate and um i don't know the the falcons are difficult to predict this was the Taysom hill game i believe so i wasn't so focused on the falcons office uh, offense as i was on the saints offense just Mm -hmm. because of the novelty of Taysom hill as a nfl quarterback but um yeah the the falcons just got uh steamrolled and this the saints off the saints defense is really really good um jarvis landry also the browns they uh they run the ball every chance that they get and so green hunt and nick chubb are both um pretty much rb1s and none of their receiving options are even really that relevant because Odell Beckham is injured and Jarvis even in games where and, and like I, I I thought that he was going to be more involved but yeah they're just they're so run heavy and I mean it's going to be interesting getting them out of that weather that they've seen in the last three games because I've almost forgotten what the offense looks like in clear weather games but um, <laughs> it's hard to trust Jarvis right now as a fantasy asset moving forward yeah uh, two thoughts on Ben's team. One, it was an interesting decision to go with Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers. Like you traded for Aaron Rodgers and gave up a pick for him to kind of solidify your QB position. True. And you didn't play him. Like that was kind of a weird decision, in my opinion. He had been playing well. I know Indianapolis has a pretty, pretty good defense, but like, ride the hot hand, man. Like you should have went for it. If I'm being honest, and 2020 hindsight, so who knows? But the other thought, Ceedee Lamb. 
I, like we have to think two he's games so back because he wasn't so he good. wasn't as great on Thursday. He dropped had a touchdown pass that he dropped. Um, yeah, this guy is incredible, man. Like that touchdown catch, you saw it from like three different angles. It was so incredible how he just like altered his body in midair as he's falling onto his back and just catching this ball. It it was something to watch, and he's gonna be so good for so long. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. But did you have oh, any yeah. other thoughts? I don't think I had any really on Camden. Oh, actually, I did. Um, so I had said at the beginning, I was like, I think this went pretty much how I go. I'm totally lying. I picked Ben to win because uh, we had talked about it last week. Ben's team had been performing well the last couple weeks, and Camden had not been performing very well at all. No, so for uh... Camden's team. Uh, I know he lost Todd Gurley, which was super unfortunate, but he got really consistent play across almost everyone on his team. Uh, like everybody was double digits. Um, I know Ronald Jones didn't perform well, but that had to be really nice for him. I know he's been dealing with a ton of injuries, but he you you can see like he he has some depth on this team. He had Michael Pittman on the bench, which I think he'll go out and probably start him this next week. Um, who has been a stud for the Colts the last couple weeks. So uh, it was nice, I'm sure, for Camden to see his team perform a lot better um, than it had the last couple weeks. So we'll go ahead and get into the next matchup here. Um, so we had Daniel <laughs> versus Conley. Um, Daniel, after the fire sale that he put on his team. He ends up doing one of his best weeks of the year, puts up a whopping 143 points. Um, his team played so, so well. Unfortunate for him <laughs> that Conley's team came out and just put up a giant 156. I say unfortunate for Daniel. It was actually a good thing. He solidified his number one position for next year's draft. So he was probably trying to lose. But... Conley put up a monster 156, ends up winning uh, over Daniel by 13, 14 points. Um, and who, buddy, have we got a lot to talk about with Conley's team. His team is peaking at just the right time, it appears. He got incredible production from everyone, uh, namely Antonio Gibson, which it's, it's hard to not look at this previous game like as of thursday thanksgiving game because he was great against the cowboys there and put up a monster game against them but he was great the week before um against cincinnati so he puts up 17 points 16 carries 94 yards touchdown he had a reception for 10 yards like the dude is a monster uh he's looks like he's going to be the clear number one the rest of the way it looks like the redskins have found a little bit of an offensive identity specifically and namely through Antonio Gibson. So that has to just feel really good for Conley. Uh, Tannehill does his thing. The, uh, Go ahead. Real quick. Does the uh, Washington football team, do they win the NFC East, if you had to say, after Thursday's performance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That... I, that, that was that was kind of my thought, was I felt like everyone else, the Giants are kind of trending in a decent direction, but just what I saw out of Alex Smith, Man. And Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, even the effort he showed on the uh, on the interception, like y you just you see things that just um, like make you raise your eyebrows a little bit with the yes. Washington football team. 
And uh, I don't really see that, um, even though the Eagles, if they win again on Sunday, will be back in the division lead. They're going to have to show me a lot more than uh, they have been for me to continue to believe that they're just going to walk into that playoff spot. I agree, man. And I think it, I think a lot of it has to do with coaching like Ron Rivera, man, he's just showing again, he's a great coach. And like, this is not a deeply talented football team. Um, I know they have a lot of talent on that defensive line, but it's just coaching. Like they're finding guys who are really good at football and they're playing to their strengths uh, is what it appears like to me. And I don't yeah. know that I can say the same thing for all the other teams in the NFC East. Um, and so, Good yes, moment, I yeah. would definitely give the Washington football team. I think I said Redskins earlier. That's my bad. But Washington yeah, football good. team, uh, I'd give them for sure the best chance of coming out on top of that division. Crazy. Crazy that we got to this point. Crazy. Week, uh, 12 of the regular season. Yeah. And for the, it looks like 20th or maybe it's 16th year in a row, we're going to have a new division winner, which is wild. There's never, <laughs> like for 16 years, there hasn't been a repeat division winner in the NFC. It's wild. Man. Maybe that's an crazy. indictment on the division, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're so competitive. Yeah. Go ahead and give your thoughts, Gabe. Okay. Um, yeah, I think very similarly to you, Connolly's team um, is... Uh, showing a lot of uh, a lot of signs of life here at the end, and um, you're going to definitely be making um, a playoff run. It appears. I think he'll be one of the scarier matchups in the playoffs, just because um, his team has started to get healthy. And like, I think the hardest thing for him is going to be like honestly setting his lineup because even like this week, he had to bench Will Fuller even though Will Fuller went off for like 35 points. And so it's going to be really difficult. I think his team is um, like so deep. Like this is a good problem to have. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to to magnify those start (laughs) decisions. Like it's going to put them in the limelight. Whereas like other teams, like uh, I don't know, like most, most of um, like our league, has a pretty consistent starting lineup and it's just because the players that they're playing with are clear and above like the ones that they are on their bench, you know? And so it's um, like, like I said, it's a good problem to have, but it's going to be stressful, I think, because he's not going to get that by. And um, like, I I think on both sides, it'll be fun to watch, but uh, yeah, his team is, his team is definitely, um, going to be a threat in the playoffs darren waller um just a monster versus the the chiefs this last week um he's so good showing man. that he is like there is a tier two of that tight end because for a while it looked like it was travis kelsey george kittle and then just like everybody else in a pot of just stink mm-hmm. but there there is a second tier of tight end they might not be as consistent but darren waller um, and the level of athleticism that he has from the tight end position puts him in like that tier two of tight end. Deontay Johnson, man, he is—he just is a target machine with Big Ben. And the fact that James Conner and the Steelers can't run the ball effectively um, is only going to increase that because they're kind of using Deontay Johnson as like the the receiver who establishes the run or in not the run, the short screen game, like the 
the the short like kind of three four yard five yard gains mm-hmm. that eventually open it up for um like chase claypool or uh like another deep shot because deontay has deep shots as well but it, it's just like the the worst the steelers run game is on honestly it feels like the better that deontay johnson is going to be and uh like it's just he's in his second year and uh he looks like he's finally hit a stretch of of healthy um games and i don't know he's he's one of my favorite players to watch this year for sure yeah and you can see when big ben like gets in a rhythm yeah it's like you know just like firing these darts in between the defense's zones or like guys yeah. coming out of a break he's so good at just like hitting them right as they're coming out and yeah then... and uh, of the older um kind of generation of quarterbacks i feel like big ben's deep ball is still on point Elite, comparatively man. to drew Brees, drew Brees, tom brady some of these other guys who have kind of lost that finesse and they're Phillip still really rivers. accurate within yeah <laughs> philip rivers so exactly bad. like like it's it's something that that's one of the first things that um as a quarterback as you age that that goes and it's just big ben still got that touch so i guess the secret is um don't Be really spend a million dollars on um taking care of your body just to uh, get on the big ben regiment mean <laughs> potatoes don't do that um <laughs> so you it's funny because you mentioned about conley's team you're like man this team's playoff bound and like he's gonna be a threat in the playoffs i it is no guarantee conley's in the playoffs so you're he, right and and i say that i i do think he probably has the best team in our league which is wild to say um because he may not make the playoffs but he plays garrett this week yeah um which if he loses that game he is now on on the edge of the playoffs like he'll be either the fifth or sixth seed but then that last week he plays camden Um, right and so if he loses both of those i'm not saying his team is worse than camden's but you never know his fantasy football i mean nobody nobody has a walk-in schedule you're right and uh like we could yeah. <laughs> we could find the best team in our league not being in the playoffs you know yeah like, i say best team in our league like you just look at his team he's got studs all over the place you know so right it, it's, you, yeah. it's wild I'm with you. it's wild but i am with you um i will say garrett's team will be adam thielen list uh this this week due to covid most likely so that is a big bummer because adam thielen has just been a touchdown machine so it's going to be a little harder for him to compete with what antonio gibson has already done but you never know garrett always finds a way to get it done so yeah for daniel just really quick go ahead oh yeah yeah, yeah. let me uh it was kind of funny to see him play like two Colts running backs, and you know what? It worked out for him. Like Naheem Hines had eight and a half points, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor had thirteen, Deshaun's a monster, uh, and he just really got good, consistent play out of everybody. Uh, Mike Williams was really good. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad he held on to him and didn't trade him. Uh, think he'll be good with uh, Justin Herbert. So we'll see. Uh, Carlos Hyde had a nice game. So I I don't know what Daniel's thoughts are here towards the end. Maybe he wants to play spoiler in these uh, last couple weeks, um, but we'll have to see with his team. But his team played really well, and if he puts up another one forty three, he will be spoiling people because that's a that's a very nice score. In fact, was our second highest score of week. Tw- uh, what what week is this? Week eleven. So just kind of uh 
wild times daniel wild times i'm sure he's like throwing his hands up in frustration of just like dude i haven't picked the right <laughs> haven't picked the right guys all all year and then i finally sell my team and i was able to pick the right guys but uh like i said before still solidified his uh high draft pick for this next year and that should really be what his eyes are on going into our next matchup here we have gabe versus garrett um so gabe ended up with 105 points that he put up and then garrett uh put up his pretty consistent i feel like this is what we get from garrett a lot is like 133 um if not more <clears throat> so uh starting yeah. on gabe's side here super unfortunate with matt stafford um bro it hurt you could just kind of see like he wasn't right like there was something yeah. weird going on with him i think we found out was it a finger gabe yeah, it's a partial ligament tear in his thumb. Mm. And do uh, you remember how many points the Lions scored in this game? I think it was a big old goose egg, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it, was, it was zero, bro. In a pretty decent matchup against uh, Carolina. So, yeah, it hurt because uh, I, I like Matt Stafford as a quarterback and usually as a fantasy option in good matchups. Yeah. Um, and then the week before, I had streamed Jared Goff. Um, to play against Seattle in a great matchup, and then he gives uh, he gives us the game from the bench from my bench that I had uh, been hoping for because they played Tampa Bay and they decided that they were going to throw fifty one passes. With Jared passes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, against a, a much worse matchup, he decided to to then show out. But anyways, um, yeah, Matt Stafford uh, he was sacked. The the sack um minus a point in this league actually makes the decision to start and stream a quarterback a little bit um more Not difficult sure. yeah because like minus a point that's minus 25 yards like 25 yards is a point so like it's pretty significant and like players like i, I mean off the top of my head i think joe burrow and like matt ryan who gets sacked but still put up monster numbers like they're not as mobile they can't escape the pocket joe burrow is but his offensive line um is oh, just not is, anymore is worse yeah yeah no exactly <laughs> but like the sack numbers just they can really tank a performance that's just yardage based um pretty quickly yeah so um like because it would have been without the sack minus five points, it would have been seven points, which is not great, but it's much different than than the two that he put up. Yeah, and then fact, I, I was, was just having, gonna say, well, hold on, <laughs> I was having this debate with my brother, um, because my brother he was like, man, like he was just like you, he's like, man, that sack that is brutal, like that is a, yeah. so many points off, and I was like, here's the thing, like we can always change it after next year. But you got to yeah. remember, like, everybody is dealing with the same point system. You know, it's not right. like you're getting more screwed because right. of, of the quarterbacks you have. Or It's like, man, we're all dealing with this, you know. And so, um, yeah, there's some quarterbacks who really just don't take sacks, namely, like, Russell Wilson hardly ever takes sacks. Um, and so he's going to have those higher numbers. But he's a great quarterback. Like, Garrett had to draft him early to get him right you know and so, and I so think that's a lot yeah. the case with a lot of those guys and i wasn't saying like it, it was unfair per se but i was yeah. saying maybe we need to shift our evaluation of quarterbacks to include 
like how often does this offensive line give up sacks and does this quarterback um take sacks or try to extend the play or like like, like what are his like like just kind of extend your analysis beyond just is he going to throw a bunch of yards and score a bunch of touchdowns right because um and, and honestly um like there's a, a couple of rules that are different in this league that have been fun just like there's almost always a receiver with a tackle in matchups <laughs> and that's like an extra two points dude like, i love Marquise that brown, i love that play <laughs> marquis brown bro he like <laughs> is staying afloat because of tackles in this league i think he has like four or five tackles on the season and like literally matching his otherwise abysmal output in just in tackles because they throw a deep ball to him and he just tackles the guy that picked it but on the topic of Marquise Brown, bro, he's he is he's dead to me. <laughs> he finished behind Des Bryant in targets. Dude, okay. Des, Des is Bryant back. off the streets. Who? Congratulations, Congrats just got signed. To Des, three man. man, shout out Des. Uh, definitely, I, I definitely caught the ball in uh, in the Green Bay game, and uh, it's just fun to see him back yeah. on the field. Dude, um, he caught a screen thing. and looked pretty spry. It's pretty cool. I know. I mean, he's not old. Like, I want to just... uh, see him throw up the X once. Before I want to see him ends. throw up the X, and I want to see him make a couple contested catches because that's where I really enjoyed watching oh, Des Bryant nice, was man. just skying on people on Thanksgiving. It was like when the Cowboys and the Lions used to play on Thanksgiving, it it's was so like fun. the Des Bryant and Calvin Johnson show. Like it was literally just an exhibition game. Like whose receiver can make a flashier catch? Yeah. And obviously there's other um, – people that were involved in that but it was always so fun to watch and now i mean there's still like like they're still really talented receivers in these matchups but man i miss those two in their prime yeah uh, i agree it was cool, <laughs> it was cool. but keep but, going with um, your evaluation sorry yeah uh i don't know marquis brown four games since the bye week in those four games total he has six catches for 55 yards Okay, I, I do want to know. I do. I played ask. him in every one of those games. Is by it? The way. Is it Marquise Brown? Is it Lamar Jackson? Like, or is it a combination? Um, Does the pairing just not work, or like what's? I up? I don't know. Um, off the top of my head, I mean, the Ravens as a whole have regressed offensively. Oh, huge regression. But um, and it's not like they're a bad team it's not like they're losing uh football games um like they're they lost to the to the titans this week but it's not like they're like they lost to the titans in the playoffs too like this isn't like the results of the football games themselves uh actually they're kind of on a down streak i just they, i remember now that they lost to the patriots the week before that but um anyways all that to say Willie Sneed is an interesting addition. He seems to be getting more target volume. And I just think Marquise Brown is not doing enough to establish himself as a dominant uh, like wide receiver one who is immune to the cornerback across from him. Mm -hmm. And so that's causing Lamar Jackson to have to spread the ball around a little bit, find mismatches, and really the only offensive player that you can play with confidence in the Ravens offense is Mark Andrews. Then that's just because the tight end position um, is is like has not a lot of depth and mark andrews is very involved especially down near the red zone so i don't know it's uh i think it's a lot of the things that i just said but it's hard to really tell and we'll have to find out um in the coming weeks and the future because uh that's just the way it is <laughs> yeah 
No, exactly. Uh, for Garrett's team, um, <clears throat> um, thought it was interesting. He picked up Taysom Hill, or Taysom Hill. I know he had mentioned that it was partly <laughs> to make my life harder when picking up. Yeah, he was trying to block you. Yeah, so I appreciate it. But he, but he is still on his roster. Um, and so. I don't know, like, what do you think of his game, just real quick, and how it affects Garrett is, Garrett also has Alvin Kamara, which clearly, like, it affected oh, yeah. Alvin Kamara. Um, so go ahead and give your thoughts real quick on that. I thought Taysom Hill looked good. I thought um, Sean Payton and the rest of the coaching staff did a really good job um, playing to Taysom Hill's strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was comfortable, and Michael Thomas was the first read on a lot of his passes, which... Makes is sense. good because he's your best receiver. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't do anything overly complicated. There was um like a lot of zone run and a lot of Latavius Murray, which was interesting. They I mean the game plan was just flawless. He was he was throwing it where he needed where where it needed to be thrown. I'm curious to see against a more talented defense um what he's able to do. But yeah, one for one. I, I was impressed, honestly. Yeah, I do. Um, so on affecting Alvin Kamara, you kind of see this a lot with the uh, uh, dual threat guys, uh, specifically like Deshaun, uh, and then as well as like Kyler, uh, Lamar, Taysom Hill is, I would say, kind of in that same group. Uh, but they just don't rely on dumping it off to the quarterback very much. Um, and Alvin Kamara had made his money off of, as you guys have let me know, not necessarily like the ground and pound game or uh, getting the ball a ton um, of carries, but the receptions, you know, like he was, he's probably averaging close to six, seven receptions a game and just turning that into um, incredible output as well as touchdowns. But these dual threat quarterbacks, they're not relying as much to dump it off to the running back. So you see a lot less, uh, you see a lot less screens. You see a lot less uh, where they like fake, pass pro and then they uh jet out to the right or they do a running back wheel or whatever it is you're seeing a lot less of that because these guys can just take off and do it themselves uh like they'd rather have the extra blocker or like send them on an actual wide receiver route um then just dump it off to them and so i think for the time being um off the top of my head i don't know how long drew Brees is supposed to be out but as long as Taysom Hill is in at quarterback, I don't think Alvin Kamara is going to be a bad play by any stretch of the imagination. Like, he still had 13 carries, 45 yards, but scored. Um, but he's definitely going to be capped. Like, he's not going to have as high of a ceiling. Because I, I think, like you said, with Sean Payton designing the offense around what Taysom Hill can do, uh, it's going to involve a lot less of those receptions for Alvin Kamara. Um, and maybe be decoying him a little bit more rather than him being uh, the featured guy, which will just be interesting to monitor. At least that's the case for this one game. Um, Alvin Kamara might go out and just prove me wrong and all that. Um, But I do want us to make sure we have enough time to go over this last big matchup here, Gabe. Oh, yeah. We have... Uh, Go ahead. Sorry, did you have one more thought? Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm hoping that Alvin Kamara starts to line up uh, in the slot maybe a little bit more. I'm hoping that they can kind of game plan a way to get him to line up as a receiver. But yeah, like you said, I don't think he's going to have a bunch of um, games with no catches. But the possibility exists with Taysom Hill under center 
and therefore his uh, ceiling is lower with Taysom Hill as the quarterback, which is something to think about in a dynasty moving forward because uh, yeah. there's no guarantee that Drew Brees is the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints next year. Exactly right. So let's go on to this last matchup here. Uh, and boy, Gabe, I, <laughs> this was a doozy. And I'm sure Bowie might turn the pot off at this point. Maybe just go throw up in the in the toilet. But we had what I believe is our closest matchup of the year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but Zach scores 136.52 points. And Bowie scores 136.36 points. So for those uh, math junkies out there, that's 0.16 point differential. Um, hey, Cam, was this the... Uh... Was this the final score at the conclusion of the Monday Night Football game? I do not believe so. Um, in fact, the memes were already starting to come out that this could be a possibility. <laughs> um, but Gabe, I believe it happened on a stat correction. It did. Eric Kendricks got the uh, he got credit for the solo tackle instead of the assisted tackle, which bumps you up a half point, and he got an additional assisted tackle which also bumps you up a half point totaling a full point added to his total bringing his score to 136.5 and giving zach the victory oh my gosh so <laughs> man buoy i'm so sorry like buoy has been involved with i think the most close games this year this oh, for sure this is definitely the biggest rivalry we have in our league is zach versus buoy um and so what a way to lose for Bowie, what a way to win for Zach. Uh and man, welcome to and, fantasy football. <laughs> and tackles are so funny because it's really up to the discretion of whoever is doing the box score, right? And so if you have a play where forward momentum stops, um, like sometimes they'll give the solo tackle to the first initiator of contact, other times they'll like extend an assisted tackle to like someone who got an arm in like a half a second or a second afterwards. So it's really like you have to like scour the box score and just, I, I mean, pray that your IDP gets a pick six because that's a very clear cut uh, point discretion because there's almost always um, like weekly stat corrections um, with IDPs just because they're so like, as you watch more film, then maybe the box score gets edited and I don't know. It's definitely it's definitely fun, but you have to feel bad for Bowie. It's like it's scripted. It's like someone is <laughs> writing some sort of a sick reality TV show involving Bowie and his fantasy football it's like matchups every week. It's crazy. Mm. R.I.P. Bowie. You know, for <laughs> for a while I've been like you don't have to feel bad for Bowie, dude. Like, it's just Bowie. But, like, we're getting to the point. I kind of got to feel bad for Bowie, man. Like, this stuff just oh, keeps happening you. to him. So, uh, but Gabe, go ahead and give us your analysis of the game without, not not without the stat correction, but besides the stat correction. Okay. Um, the fact that Eric Ebron found the end zone was cool. I think that uh, I thought that with so many weapons emerging for Big Ben, um, Eric Ebron might get buried, but um, Eric Ebron decided that he, he was going to get seven targets in an offense that is um, like very efficient. So he could, Eric Ebron and Robert Tunyon uh, both could be some kind of, um, th these are team, th these are tight ends on two like very high ranked contenders. And mm -hmm. uh, both of them are 
in similar situations where their offenses are really good and there's other better options, but they still get looks from great quarterbacks in the end zone. And so the the difference a touchdown can make in some of those matchups, especially from a tight end, um, could be big. So, um, like, I think that um, in, in, in very similar to Garrett, Eric Ebron uh, was encouraging. Uh, Amari Cooper being the, like, clear one for uh, Andy Dalton is also an encouraging sign. Um, they they do love throwing the ball and spreading it around, but Amari Cooper has been pretty consistent. And, like, in the Washington game, he caught 6 of 8 for 112. In the Minnesota game, he was 6 of 7 for 81. He's kind of been, like, that lone, consistent bright spot, for fantasy at least, on the Cowboys. And so, um, yeah, I think both of those guys... Um, and then obviously Dalvin and Tyler Lockett both had good games. So Dalvin's so good, man. Yeah, he's very, very good. Very good. He has one game um, under sixteen points for Zach this year. <laughs> that's wild. That's Actually, crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> that is wild. Um, and then moving on, uh, for for Bowie, um, DJ Chark, man, it's just it's hard. You got the rotating, um kind of quarterbacks mm-hmm. did you see that uh, tweet that was circulating about like how mitch trubisky replaced nick Foles and nick yeah. Foles replaced mitch, uh, like <laughs> nick Foles was replaced by uh, uh the quarterback for the jacksonville jaguars and it was basically this big circle where of like, like six everyone people was benched it was like for each a other six yeah. <laughs> circle everybody got benched for the was. next one yeah, it was like Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, uh, Mike Glennon was in there as well because uh, <laughs> Mike Glennon is now in the uh, in the circle. But it was just it's really hard to play quarterback at an elite level. And um, like you said, I think that that's why the Houston Texans job might be one of the more enticing ones, even though they're strapped for draft capital. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need a quarterback, and you have a great one in Deshaun Watson. So. Yeah, I think all three head coaching job vacancies. Uh, I don't know. The Matt Patricia firing got me like in the like administrator of an NFL team mentality, and I was like, which one is the most enticing? Which one is maybe the hardest or the the one with the highest expectations? But honestly, these are three that I'm like, okay, there's definitely upside to all three of these. You know, it's not like you're taking over the Jets, which will be a probably a fourth vacancy in the near future. Yeah, but that'll be a fun one too, because they're gonna get Trevor Lawrence. So <laughs> true. That, that's true. That'll be fun. Yeah, you're right. But anyways, DJ Chark with the inconsistencies at quarterback is just hard to trust. Maybe if Gardner comes back, um, he, he can be a little bit more consistent. But um, just hard to tell. And then uh, the Robbie Anderson and uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore has kind of um, it's been good. I, I, yeah, he's been good. I don't like he's very talented. He honestly wasn't as bad as maybe the fantasy community was making him out to be in the beginning. He's uh the fourth he has like the fourth most receiving yards in the NFL. Yeah. Uh which is crazy for how down on him a lot of people were, but um and I also think Robbie Anderson gets enough target volume that he has some touchdown regression coming. He just seven catches for 46 yards that averages um about a running backs average honestly so he he gets a lot of close to the line of scrimmage passes 
And then, unfortunately, T.J. Watt uh, only had two tackles, but um, it was a blowout game anyways, and that's going to happen sometimes when you play a uh, like edge rusher like T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. Clyde getting in the end zone a couple times was a lot of fun. Um, Dude, yeah. Raises the rookie the running back. Yeah. It's, it's like there's so many. like Just the rookies. Just rookies yeah. in general have been yeah. so good this year, which is just right. wild. Like shortened off season, everybody was so worried about them, and like they've been great. And I think there's real arguments to be made. Like, would you rather in the 2021 beginning of the season have Clyde Edwards-Alaire or somebody like J.K. Dobbs or somebody like DeAndre Swift or some like like there's even though these players mm-hmm. might not produce this year at the fantasy playoff stretch that there's we're coming spots up opening on, up. like yeah. they're definitely like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not the number one by a landslide even though he has been so good which is just exciting for the rest of them you know yeah yeah no exactly and it's i, th- I think that's gonna be i think this rookie class was an anomaly in that we have so much talent like how deep it is um yeah but at the same time i think teams are starting to realize like rookies can make a bigger impact than what they've previously been allowed to do and so that'll be kind of a fun trend to watch going forward as well um for sure see i i think for Bowie, like we've talked about it a bunch but he's been playing three carolina (laughs) panthers in his starting lineup uh for they've been pretty good they've been pretty good yeah no (laughs) they really have been really good um it looks like that might be done with mike davis now because i think christian mccaffrey after the bye is going to be it's going to be full go um and then robin robbie anderson like you said the regression a little bit there but maybe he should have traded for uh, curtis samuel and then just started all four of them. Why not, man? Maybe that's what he was missing in his lineup. And I think that's where a little bit of the frustration early in the season came from DJ Moore is because he yeah. literally, like, he had a backup running back and another receiver that was out outdoing him in fantasy. And people mm-hmm. were expecting him, be, him to be, outside of Christian McCaffrey, be the guy. Like, that right. helped relieve christian mccaffrey a little bit and so i think that's where a little bit of the frustration came from but like we mentioned he's been really good the last two weeks um as long as they keep going at him (laughs) i know we had talked about last week like there's just times in the games where they stop throwing him the ball and it makes no sense yep um but i think they figured some things out and dj Moore, he's really good i i enjoy watching him play so what about for zach's team um didn't we go over that already? Did we already do? We... Oh, yeah, we did Dalvin. Yeah. I also yeah. wanted to say for Patrick Mahomes, like, early in the season, it really looked like he did not have to try very hard. Um, but these last three weeks, he's put up 36 and a half, 29 and a half. And then I know this was only 21 and a half. But, like, he's he's been really good in everything that Zach was hoping to have drafted out of a quarterback. Um and they just look like an unstoppable machine, man. It even looked like the Raiders had him right where they wanted, and Patrick Mahomes was like, "Yeah, I'll just go down and do a game-winning drive real quick." Yeah, that was that was a good game. I really enjoyed that game, honestly. Yeah. So um, I think I will can... also go ahead. I was gonna note that um, Bowie is not out of the playoff race by any means. He's not, and no. he gets Daniel in one of the in one of the weeks uh he gets him this week actually yeah so um 
Like, I'm not saying that that's a guaranteed win, but it, it looks it's a close. lot easier than, like, I play Zach and then I play Cam, you know, like mm-hmm. Camden play, has a couple of more difficult matchups as well. Like some of the one, some of the people who are chasing um, like that playoff spot have really difficult matchups. Yeah. Like Camden plays Cam and then Connolly, you know, so the fact that Bowie's not out of the race and gets um, Daniel in this week could really shape up the photo finish um, to our playoff spot. Uh, like, culmination that we're going to get in the end of week 13 yeah i also think Bowie has lost three games that were within five points crazy bro and that's i mean he'd be eight and three if he wins those games and you look at his team (laughs) it's like oh man he's pushing for like the second seed in the playoffs so (laughs) it's just wild like his season has been crazy um and so that kind of does it for our matchups gabe let's real quick hit these uh or that does it for our recap. Now let's kind of look ahead to these next matchups. Um, I'm actually going to give the seed as well as the person who's playing um, okay. to kind of put it in perspective of where everybody's at. Um, I just realized I have two number sixes. That doesn't make sense. So let me fix this really quick. And okay, Zach is number two, not number six. Okay. Um, and then give me a few thoughts, Gabe, and then your winner. All right. Okay. All right. First up, we've got me versus Camden. I'm the three seed. Camden is the seven seed. Okay. So the fact that you already got good performances out of TJ Hawkinson and Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. is a good sign. And he got pretty consistent performance from his IDPs. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like it didn't shift the needle for me a ton. I'm going to say you're going to win, Cam, okay. because that's what I want to happen, just to <laughs> Selfish make thing. sure that I secure a playoff spot. But I'm definitely not confident. It's not going to... I think it'll be pretty close. Yeah, I, I also chose myself, but I think with Camden performing really well last week, I think this is going to be a really, really close matchup. Um, and side note, we've already had the benefit of seeing the Thursday game, so we kind of get to see a little bit of where people are at. Yeah, bro, he should have played Adrian Peterson. What was he thinking? What were you thinking, bro? You knew DeAndre Swift wasn't playing. <laughs> um, next matchup here, we've got, a, we've got a barn burner. We've got number eight, Big R, versus number nine, Ben. Like we mentioned before, though, Big R uh, mathematically is not out of the playoffs. Um, so... It's helpful to be playing the nine seed. In his case, um, all he can do is try to go out there and win. I have Big R winning um, pretty easily, actually. Yeah, I'm uh, in the same boat. Um, I want to keep an eye on uh, Big R starting Daniel Jones. So just that could be really good, or it could be like a situation where he doesn't get 20 points like he wanted to and instead ends up with a, a bit of a dud. And he can't afford many more duds after the Ezekiel Elliott putting up 1.4 yeah. um, that he got on Thursday. So I, I still have Big R winning, but um, I am I think that watching Daniel Jones and seeing if the Giants take a step in the right direction or take a step back um, is going to be... Uh, pretty interesting, it especially also, against the beat up Bengals team. It also hurt Ben a ton that uh, CD dropped that touchdown pass on Thursday. That's like 
true could have won the matchup because of that i think true. it was added close to 10 or 11 points and that's goes from three points to 15 points like that's a massive difference so yeah i think that was around the time that my family was eating so i don't even remember him dropping a touchdown what was it like a like a deep touchdown or was it like a possession touchdown, uh, like the one that they man, did before i was like in and out because it really like i was i was doing thanksgiving as well but i want to <laughs> say they were like close to the red zone area if they weren't in the red zone um uh-huh. i want to say they were close to the 20 yard line so i kind of just watched the okay. highlight and i was like man gotcha 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 so, yeah, I was just wondering because that's like feels uncharacteristic for the the season that CD Lamb has I, had. I will year. say, yeah, I will say very quickly after that. Um, so it was like the fake punt that was a disaster. Mm-hmm. They got scored on. Oh yeah, CD <laughs> dropped the touchdown pass. Gotcha. And then it all like the wheels came off. So so that was like the second rung of the ladder before you just got flung off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not yeah. blaming CD Lamb in any way. Like oh, he's a great player, but. but... Just that momentum was completely shifted after yeah. that point. Yeah, exactly. Like well, you could, we we just gave up after that. So, um, next matchup here is number one Garrett versus number four Conley. I will say this: both of these, like both of these players, have pretty big um, hopes riding on this. Like, if Garrett loses, that puts him towards the tier of me and Zach. And even though he has the most points for um he does start to get in that territory of if me and zach were to win again he would not get the first round by or mm-hmm. he could kind of lose that first seed and then conley is literally like fighting for his playoff life um so even though he's got a great team he he needs to win um and i think he's going to win i have conley winning this game um specifically for a couple of things you had talked about earlier with adam Thielen not being available for garrett this week um, that's big and then Conley had the already massive game from Antonio Gibson. Gibson, yeah. I think if there, it would be nail in the coffin if Will Fuller was in the lineup for sure. I still have Conley winning, um, and its name it's it's mainly due to Adam Thielen being replaced by Jacoby Myers, and you're just not gonna get the same production, or it's really not even comparable at this point. Um, but yeah, I have Conley winning, but I do hope. That Garrett wins, I really do, because, uh, like I said, we need trying to iron out the competition at the uh, five six seed for the playoffs, so I can uh, go on my upset run near the end. There. Upset run, baby! Up on the back of Tim Patrick, you heard it here first. <laughs> Speaking of Gabe, our next matchup is uh, number five. Gabe, so it's teetering right on that line, man. Teetering, yeah. Versus number two, Zach. What you got? Well, I I have myself because, like I said, I like to bet on, uh, yourself, baby. Bet on myself. Exactly. Um, Amari Cooper had a really good game, which was unfortunate because the Cowboys did not. But Amari Cooper did. Leighton Vander Esch had a, had a decent game for me. Seven tackles, 12 points from an IDP. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, That's You can work for. with that. And so it's going to really come down to the rest of our teams. Um, if Derek Carr can just – one of my streaming quarterbacks can just please come through. That would be super ideal. Derek Carr <laughs> has been a great NFL quarterback, but every time I've played him, he's like a eight or nine point quarterback, which doesn't kill you. But like, I'm playing against Patrick Mahomes. Come you, on now, you need. Like eight I mean, you points. need the points. You need the yeah. points. So, um, yeah, my team has pretty good matchups. Um, Julio Jones injury 
is going to be one to monitor. I think he plays. He played through the hamstring for last game, and uh, like he's so he's he's just so good. Um, I do have the better Denver wide receiver in Tim Patrick, but that's neither here nor there. I have myself winning <laughs> the matchup. I love it. I love it. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm just going based off what I think is going to happen, not what I want to happen. But I do think Zach is going to win it. Um, no, I know, I do it. I think it's gonna be really close, but that's so, actually I, that's actually a good thing because whoever I pick usually loses. Gabe, <laughs> really, it's reverse okay. psychology here. Silver lining here, silver yeah, lining. Yeah. I'm actually helping you by choosing Zach to win. <laughs> thanks, <so>. thanks. <laughs> and getting into the last matchup here, we've got number ten Daniel taking on number six Bowie. Um, Bowie is literally on the last one uh, that would that if. If the playoffs started today, he would be in the playoffs. And he just came off a rough loss. Um, he needs the win. He needs it really bad. Uh, I think he gets it. But like we talked about, if Daniel puts up another one 140 performance, it's going to be a close one. So I'm going to go with Bowie. Yeah, and uh, as much as... Like, I want to go with Daniel so bad. But I think... <laughs> that Raheem Mostert is probably coming off of IR and he's definitely going to run ahead of Jarek McKinnon. And the reason I'm saying that is because Jonathan Taylor is on the COVID list. Mm. So the running backs that he is going to start are probably Naeem Hines and Jarek McKinnon. So like, it's going to be hard to get it done. Deshaun Watson maybe could patch up some of that, but... I will say with without Jonathan Taylor, I know it's one of his main running backs, but he has Naeem Hines, so that probably funnels more fantasy points to Naeem Hines. All right, boys. Well, hey, that does it for um, our episode today. Should be super exciting. I hope you guys uh, enjoy the games tomorrow. Let's hope everything is clear uh, with COVID. Let's get through this. Let's play. Um, good luck to everybody, except Garrett and Camden. <laughs>